0: I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you're just starting out and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am joined today by one of my mastermind sorority sisters. I don't even know what to call you. Best friends, BFFs, coaching best friends. I don't know.
1: Love of life. How about that?
0: Yes. The love of my life. (laughs) Dr. Latifat Akintade, which she just told me that English is her second language, but she speaks English so beautifully. Like I think that's almost blows my mind that this is a second language for you. So I just love your accent. <laughs> Thank you, madam. Yes. So random thoughts coming out of me as we start this podcast episode, but Dr. Latifat is the Money Fit MD and she specializes in coaching other women physicians on money. And because I have had access to her from being in masterminds with her, I have enjoyed half a year of coaching with her brain. And she has taught me so much about how to think about money. And I just always want to offer this audience as much information as I can on how to think about money in a different way and how to break free from the chains of the patriarchy and the things that we have been taught our whole lives that just aren't true. They're someone else's story. And how can these MFR therapists start to actually have money, create money, and want more and more money and how to make that okay for their nervous systems as they grow their financial wealth. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here. Do you wanna introduce yourself a little bit too in case I missed something? No, you did fantastic. You're a mom of three girls. Yes,
1: yes, hello everybody. (laughs) I am super excited to be here because I'm a huge fan of Heather and everything that she does. And I think we're meant to be together in this world of educating humans and creating a better world. So it's been a privilege really to know you and grow with you in all the spaces. But I'm also really excited to be here because I get a chance to do what I love doing, which is just get this information out there to as many ears as possible, to as many humans as possible, to as many men and women as possible. I happen to coach women physicians, but I want every single person to have this knowledge because I truly believe that there's a lot of jacked up stuff in the world today. Mm -hmm. And money doesn't solve every problem, but I do think that money in the right hands will solve 90% of the problems that we have. And what that does is it frees up our brain to actually solve the problems and think about the problems that money cannot solve, which are the real problems. Everything else is like solvable by money. So I want money in hands that are going to fix problems. So that's why I'm here. And I'm really excited to be here.
0: I love that. And I feel the same way. Like, You know, I work with MFR therapists. I feel like they are awesome just the way you feel about your physician groups that you coach. And if we can help them to create more money and do more good in the world, like there's no problems with that. Like it's just awesome all the way around. So, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about minimal viable expenses and also like this idea of debt. And so, those are two topics I really want to touch on today. So, what should we tackle first? You want to talk about. Thoughts about debt and investing, like investments while you have debt. Let's go even
1: a little back to what you mentioned earlier. Okay. When you were talking about taking sort of power back from everything. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think it's good to start there is this. There are many people that probably will be listening that will say, I wasn't taught about money. I don't know anything about money. And I want to recognize that it's you may feel that way. However, that may not be true. You may not have intentionally learned about money, but we live in a world where we're learning things actively and passively. So even though you may not have taken the time to learn, every single thought you have about money or debt or investment, every single belief you have about your ability to create a business or not is the result of stuff that you have passively learned from existing in this world. And that is from humans that you walk around with or whatever from your family how you were raised from your friends from your educational systems from the examples that you've watched of what a therapy should look like what money should look like so i think it's really important for us to acknowledge that because we're not empty slates like we think right right and so if you're feeling or thinking that there are things you want to change when it comes to your money Yes, but you're not an empty slate and we have to acknowledge what you already have in there. And the fact that what you're feeling or what you're thinking is you not having the results that you want to see, which means that it's time to acknowledge what you know already, that's not giving you the result you want. And now we can now move forward from there where you have to unlearn and learn new things so that you can create the result that you wanna create.
0: Yes, so, so important. I deal a lot with therapists that are doubling their rate that they're charging. And the biggest, I think, objection that comes up for them is who do they think they are to be able to charge that rate? And like, are they worth it? And it's like separating their actual inherent worth, right? We're all 100% worthy just for being born, being humans. But separating your worth from your rate. Yes.
1: I remind people that... Unfortunately, in this world we exist in, value has been placed on people that have more money. We don't have to be a part of that. Yes. Right? We we can acknowledge that and choose to live life differently, authentically, in a way that is in line with our own goals and our value. And that is really important because if we don't acknowledge the fact that we are raised or programmed to judge people with more money than others, we are always going to keep attaching our value to money, right? And the thing is, those are two separate things completely. Your value has nothing to do with how much money you have or make. 1000%. 1000%. Because your value, in my opinion, the way that I like to think about it, and this has served me well, is our value as humans was at capacity and 100% the moment we were born. Yes. Right? So we don't get to add to our value. We don't get to become more awesome. We already are amazing. And this is... Really, really important. Because if you think that your value is attached to money, what you're trying to say without you even knowing it may be that people that don't have money, their lives matter less.
0: Yeah, which is a thousand percent not true. I've had zero money and I was just as important as I am now with more dollars in my account. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So there's no amount of money that you can be paid for what you do that is a reflection of your value. Love it. It literally is you just holding up two pieces of earrings in your hands and saying, how much do I wanna charge for these earrings? So what you're selling, your business, your coaching, your therapy work, the stuff that you're selling to your clients is really just you looking at the skill set you have in your hand and saying, how much value do I want to create out of this magic in my hands? This raw material that I have in my hand, how much do I want to make an expensive table with it? Do I want to charge $50,000 for that table? It's separate from your value as a person. Yeah.
0: Like how you're a GI doctor, like someone someday, some time ago in the past, had a thought about how much a colonoscopy should cost. And they just set a price for that. It doesn't mean that the results of that colonoscopy are going to be more valuable for others than they are for some people, right? Like some people are going to get the valuable information that they have colon cancer and they can deal with it then because they had that. They paid the same price as the other person that has a benign.
1: Yes, polyp.
0: Polyp, (laughs) yeah. I'm trying to talk doctor talk. I'm limited. I'm married to a doctor. I play one on TV, but I'm not a doctor.
1: (laughs) What TV show is that so I can watch it?
0: All of the TV shows that I make up in my mind.
1: (laughs) I love that analogy completely, right? It's someone that has a colonoscopy with nothing on it. Someone that has a colonoscopy where we remove something and now they get to decrease the risk for colon cancer. Someone that has colon cancer we can catch early. We just did the same thing.
0: And it costs the same, right? It costs the same. Yeah. So when therapists that are listening to this, for everybody out there in the audience, like when you go to charge your rate, raise your rate, double your rate, whatever you want to do, it's completely up to you. If you're willing to feel all the feelings that come up around this and to acknowledge like, yes, I am somehow like even unconsciously or consciously maybe deciding my value based on this rate. If I can separate myself from the value of actually what people get from receiving treatment from me, what is the cost of that value? The value of the results they get from working with me. I'm going to say this on multiple podcasts, probably until I die. Like if I can help thousands of MFR therapists learn that to separate that, I feel like I've done my job in the world. Like, even if it's one person,
1: but. but we don't want you to die anytime soon. So make sure it's episodes
0: of people. I plan to live forever. five million, so, episode millions five million of people.
1: Yes. <laughs> so I completely agree with you that when we're looking at that value yes we want to give because that's the beauty right the more you give in the world the more you receive that's my philosophy and mm-hmm. giving, maybe you spending on things that you choose this value maybe giving people maybe investing in yourself and i actually think that might be something really important for us to touch upon because you know i'm a physician i work with a lot of physicians and i definitely know there's a lot of overlap between the people that you work with because nobody really goes into medicine only because they want to make money. There are less painful ways of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nobody becomes a therapist because they're like, there are less painful ways of doing that. Yes. But now the question now is when you're want to serve, when you want to do good, is it okay for you just to still have money? And I think that's what comes up too when we're having this conversation about value or no value. And, That is an important thing for us to talk about, because if you look around in the world, there's so many examples of like crappy money. There are examples of wealth that you don't want that I don't want. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think our future generations of physicians, our future kids, our future therapists deserve to live in a world where they see the norm to be people doing good and having a lot of money while doing it.
0: Yeah. Like they see all of the potential of like what you can do with that money versus like someone, some creeper just has like a pile of money in their garage and they're mean to everybody and they're giving it away to fund creepier things.
1: (laughs) Creepier things. Creepy begets more creepy. So good
0: begets more good.
1: So that's why I'm here because I want y'all to have money so that we can create more good stuff in the world. We can help relieve more pain in the world we can give to causes that have value. We can enjoy without burning out, right? Because the healers mm-hmm. need to be healed too. You deserve a freaking vacation. That's right. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So that's why I want everyone to have money. And part of that is going to be investing in ourselves. Yeah. Is that something that comes up with your people usually when it comes to investing in ourselves? Yes.
0: I think so. I think that decision to invest in coaching like that first decision to do it. And then that decision to keep investing when your brain wants to tell you, you know, enough, you can do it, or you've gotten enough out of it. You should be able to do it on your own now. That's something that definitely comes up for people. Yeah. In fact, I just had our current group coaching people go through and look at their results of how much money they've created since they made the decision to hire me as their coach. How much money has been created in this three-month container? Or for some people, they've been coaching with me for six months or for nine months. And I have to say my client that is... I have a couple clients that have been there since the beginning. And one client in particular said, I haven't met my goal yet. My goal is to create a $100,000 business. I have everything set up for that to happen. But why would I ever leave this container until I meet that goal.
1: Oh, that's wisdom.
0: Yes. And you know we added up like how much she's spent and how much she's created. and she's five times her investment in the coaching, the coaching cost, but she's five times that in the amount of income she's made. And she wasn't even aware of that. Like we had to go back because people I think are always really sometimes blind or numb to their actual factual numbers. So I'm always encouraging clients to go in there and like, let's touch your money. Let's touch how many dollars you've made and let's celebrate it. We're not going to only celebrate when you get to the 100K. Like we're going to celebrate every dollar between here and there. And then your ability to keep creating that over and over and over again, year after year, because of the work you've done up front. So good. Because I mean,
1: if I think about it, right, when it comes to investing, imagine me saying, I don't want to invest in the stock market because I don't have all the money in the world. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) You invest so that you can have the money, right? Yeah, I don't have a ton of money, so I don't want to invest in real estate. You invest, you plant a seed so you can grow a tree. That's how it works. I mean, I love that we're having this conversation. And for those that are watching i don't know if it's ever on video i'm closing my eyes at some point because i'm like it speaks to that thing we talked about at the beginning the things we've learned that we don't even know we have in our brain which is you want to be careful with this money You don't know that you're ever going to make any more money. So you have to hold on to this little bit of money because you don't want to lose it. When what I found is that the more easily we let go of money and make sure we're investing it in high wealth items, the more we're actually going to have money and high wealth items. I mean. Our brain is like number one, right? There's a reason why a lot of lottery winners lose their money. Because if you don't invest in becoming and having that brain, that's like a million dollar brain, that's a sharpshooter when it comes to money and business, you're going to lose money. So investing Mm -hmm. in our brain is a high wealth tool. Investing in other assets that generate money, those are all high wealth tools. So part of it is uncoupling our thoughts and our actions from what we have been unconsciously learned in the past, which is when you don't have all the money in the world, you better hold on tight to it because you don't want to let it go.
0: Yeah. Like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Yes, That's what I'm seeing with my group members that are having phenomenal success very quickly, you know, going from $3,000 a month to $17,000 a month, only working 18 to 20 hours a week. And it's like, they can't even acknowledge the jump in income because what if it doesn't happen next month? What am I going to make it mean about myself if next month is a lower month, right? I'm guilty of that too. Like I've had months like that too, where I made more money than ever. And I'm like, it's almost like a hot potato. I can't wait to get rid of because it's like just such a new experience. And then the fear comes in. Well, what if this doesn't happen again? Like, I can't keep this up. So it's really interesting,
1: our brains, right? Because they're normal human brains. And what happens is our brains ask us questions. We don't answer them because of Mm. our own misconceptions, our own underlying fear and judgment of ourselves, right? If my brain is like, but what if you don't make that money next month? It just asked a freaking question. Yeah. We're like, oh, that's so true. No, answer. Well, maybe I don't need to, have that money every single month. I already know what my expenses are every month, right? You know, we talked about that before, the minimum viable expense, which is on a month-to-month basis, what is that core expense that you need to be well? You know, your rent or mortgage, your utilities, your transportation. You can add child care there or not. I personally don't because if I really am not working at all, I'll probably keep my kids with me and at least decrease child care costs. So mm-hmm. our monthly expenses in terms of the essentials is actually less than most of us think. And when we know what that minimum viable is and you take that and multiply that by six and you make sure you have that as your emergency fund. When your brain says, what if next month we don't make money? You're not like, oh, it's true. I suck. You know, you're like, actually, good point. Thank you, brain, for your suggestion. I am prepped. I have my emergency funds. I have my minimum viable expenses. We're good. And I have learned all these coaching tools. I've invested in my brain. So I know that if I can do this, it doesn't mean how dare I do it again. It's I will do it again.
0: Yeah. It just becomes like, of course I did that again. Exactly. Of course yeah. I did that. Of course. Right. I was just thinking of something like, I used to always have just a checking account and a savings account, like our personal ones. And every month I would end up transferring everything from savings into checking. Hmm. and there was this moment in time where I was like, the savings account isn't actually a savings account. It's just a secondary checking account because we're spending it all. And it occurred to me that I had so much control over that. And the moment I decided to make a change was the moment everything started to change for us financially. It wasn't even that we were making any more money at the time, but I decided to become in control of the money and to actually... Get a budget. And I think sometimes people hear the word budget and they think it's very limiting. And it was actually like, how much money do I want to spend? And what are the things I'm spending on? What do we need? What do we want? And how much money do I want in savings? Like, at what number do I want to see in there? Right. And what was funny is I'd lived so long with a zero balance in there or a $500 balance that I had a lot of safety in like $1,000 in savings. Right. And I still am really comfortable with a low number there because I, did that for so long but i know for sure like i want that minimum viable expense amount of 3 to 6 months of expenses and so over time i've been able to figure out how to do that one of the ways was to have lots of accounts for lots of different purposes so that the money is like you know it's filed away and it, it all has a job but that moment in time when i took control of those finances and decided what i could do and this is even before coaching but like the impact of that year after year after year of, of always having money available because I've decided that's who I am. Like I just always have the money available.
1: I love that. That's who you are. And that's so important, right? Because who you are, that's what helps you weather any storm. Yeah. Right. And in fact, I mean, let's assume you're investing in something, you're investing in like, you're buying a property, your cash, may be gone to doing that, right? Yep. And some people will not want to invest so much cash in something that would make them more money because they are afraid of what it means to them or what they make it mean when they see a low account balance. But when, like you said, you remember where you are, I'm someone that I invest, right? Mm-hmm. I can yeah. create more money, I can make more money. In the short term, my cash that I'm seeing may be low, but I know that I've spent that on something that's going to make me more money in the next few months, in the next one, two, three months. That's how you build wealth long term, right?
0: Yeah. And that part where, like, you already are set up to make money in your job or, you know, in your therapy practice for you, in your clinical job, your coaching. We know we're going to, like, keep making money, but there's, I think, sometimes a sneaky thought in there, like, you get the money, you have it in your account, and you're never going to make any more. Mm -hmm. And it's no, like every month, you're going to continue to make more and more money to cover your minimal viable costs and to create savings for you eventually, like if not right away, but like eventually. Absolutely. And paying like $3,000 for coaching upfront doesn't mean you're not going to just immediately earn that back or become the person that knows how to earn that back month after month, after month, after month. And that is like, what else can you invest $3,000 $3,000 in and nine months later have $54,000 or even sooner than that, have more money or a five times return. Like what else can you do that in the stock market all the time, knowing that that's what's going to happen? Maybe. <laughs> yep. Maybe not. Who knows, right? Yeah, Who
1: knows? And I love what you said about you get to create that over and over and over again, because Mm -hmm. what happens is when you're creating that over and over again, guess what is going on? You're now going to be able to take that money just the same way you invested in your brain, which is a high wealth tool, right? You now take that and invest in other high wealth tool building stuff, right? You invest in the stock market. You invest if you want to in your 401k, in your IRA. invest in real estate, You invest in other businesses, you buy land, you buy property, Mm -hmm. right? But the thing is, the domino has to start somewhere. And the key is when you take the domino, you start to let it build higher, it builds more, builds more, builds more. This income that you're even earning from your business becomes a seed money for you to invest in other things as well. That's going to create, because I mean, if you think about it, most people want to earn good money, so they can have money to take care of their stuff. But it's also because at the back of our mind, we all want to have money, right?
0: Yeah, We all want to have money, even when we're not working. Who doesn't want to have money? Like, I think some people are like, they think money equals bad, right? So they'll say they don't want it. But like, I mean, I'm sure if I gave them $1,000, they would want it. <laughs> I'll take them. Yeah. I would, I'll take. I'm open to all money that <laughs> all wants money. to come my way. Yeah, I'm just open you know,
1: to it. It's funny. I'll... Share a quick joke. My, I have three kids, like I mentioned earlier. Well, my third kid is four-year-old. She's funny. And she walks to me the other day. She goes, mommy, do you have more money? I was like, why? She's like, we need to buy more money because I want more money. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you need money for? It? She's like, yeah, I want more money. She actually put IES in the back Mommies. of the money. So I cute. want money for her piggy bank. <laughs>
0: that's so cute.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm like, okay, ciao. You know, and that's the thing. Now that I'm more aware and more educated, myself i see the impact that what we learn and what we're doing affects the future generations so when my four-year-old tells me i want more money i'm not telling her not to want money yeah i agree with her that money is good it's a tool that can change things we can give we can build and all that stuff so when you do this work for yourself it becomes not about yourself only it's about what you're learning for yourself what you passing on to your neighborhood kids, to your friends, to your nieces, nephews, and if you have kids yourself, even to your kids. And that's the only
0: way we're going to change the future. Yeah. And I think too, like whatever story we grew up with or whatever our parents' stories were, like I know for me personally, my parents, their blanket answer to everything is like, oh, I can't afford that. I don't have the money for that, which like actually factually was probably never true. But even to like today when they're like ready to retire and all these things, there's so much fear there because that is their belief that they can't afford it. And so they've missed out on things that they could have enjoyed because of that fear. And I I found myself for years carrying that with me too. And it's just recently and very purposefully, I will have that thought, I can never afford that. And then I quickly replace it with, I'm totally going to do that. Like, I'm just a person that flies first class everywhere. You know, like maybe I don't do that yet, but I will be that person because I love luxuries. Like I love to spend money on that kind of thing. And that's okay. Like I just get to, cause I want to, but to. I can afford anything I want to. And I think that's a very helpful thought, whether that's factual right now or not, there will be a time where I can afford it. I will figure out a way to get whatever I want.
1: Absolutely. And that's the key. It's intentional. But I think it's really important to understand that when we say we don't know anything about money, it is not the truth. It's just that what you know is not serving you. And now that means that it's time to acknowledge it and then change it. And that's what you've done and see the impact that's going to have on your kids and already having on your family and how you think about wealth and how you build in your businesses. And I, I just think it's fantastic that you get to share that with your
0: people. Yeah, it's awesome. And I love seeing my kids grow up in a household where they don't have parents that say, oh, we can't do that, right? Like they still have responsibilities and things they need to pay for and figure out their finances for, like their extras and things, but they're not sitting there in fear that they're not going to be able to get to do the opportunities that are presented to them. And that is worth everything I've ever gone through to get to this position, to have this, these ideas about money, to make those things possible for them. Love it. Whether they appreciate it or not, I'm not sure, but I'm doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I mean, honestly, right now it's too early to know, right? Cause yeah. all of our, a lot of our kids are in that growth phase. Yeah. But again, think about what our parents didn't even know they were teaching us. It was when we became adults we like, oh crap, I don't know how to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I learned this the wrong way. So we're not going to see the benefit necessarily of everything we're doing until our kids continue to grow, evolve. And it's always a work in progress. We're continuing to deposit into them. Yeah. Right. Because if we don't do the work for ourselves, we don't even have the sensitivity to catch it when our kids are becoming a big whole pile of limiting beliefs.
0: Yeah, totally true. I love that so much. They become
1: adult lump of clay of limiting beliefs.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to investigate that, check into that with, with my <laughs> high schoolers, see where they're at. Before we go, let's talk a little bit about. I want to pick your brain on debt and your thoughts, thoughts about debt. Where are you at with that? Like, say somebody comes in and they're like, Oh, I really wanna do this. Like for me, it'd be like, I really want to sign up for coaching but I have credit card debt and I can't justify creating more debt before I pay that off.
1: You know, this reminds me of a story of a mom that I coached who was a single mom and wants to own her own practice. She wants to have her business. And she said, I'm a single mom. I cannot take risks like this. Mm. And at the end of the conversation and the coaching session, she left with, I'm a single mom. I'm exactly who needs to take this risk. Yeah, that's really powerful, right? Because the risk she wants to take is, has such high chance of return on investment. And I cannot think of someone that's more determined than someone that's like, I cannot lose this investment, right? Yeah. And you can take that to me. I don't want to lose this investment. I'm going to hold on to it. Or I do not want to lose this investment. So I'm going to give my 100% to make sure I get my return on investment.
0: Yeah, I'm going to show right? up as the best student and- I'm going to set a high goal. I'm there's nothing that could keep me from meeting that goal. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So the way I think about debt is the actual debt amount is of course money and the interest is what you're paying for the money that you're choosing to borrow. And I'm using choosing to borrow intentionally because you can choose to not borrow it sometimes. You're like, but I want food, Mm -hmm. right? Just understand that we can borrow money because it's not just about the essentials, only sometimes we borrow money because we want to buy this stuff or want to go on vacation, right? The way I think about it is, I don't like to put it in the blanket box of debt is bad or debt is good. I like to invest in things that are high quality wealth items. Mm -hmm. Give me some examples of what you would consider a high quality wealth item. Okay. So coaching is one. And the reason why is because honestly, that has been the biggest change for my brain and for me as well. And part of my work is decreasing the taboo around talking about money. So I will say that I spend five figures every year on coaching and I am a money coach If it's not worth it, I am not going to do it. So when I sit down here and I tell you that I'm spending five figures on coaching, it's because I'm getting a return on my investment, right? That's the way that I think about it. And it's not in a scarcity way. It's just in a choosing and deciding that, okay, I'm investing this money in everything that I invest in. The same way when I'm investing in the stock market, I don't do short-term stock picking. I do long-term investments. And my goal is to get an average of 10% or more right? On any investment, including my coaching investment. Yeah. That's it, right? So the way that I think about it, coaching is investing in things that Add money into your pocket, which again, my brain, that's part of it. Investing in like the stock market is part of it. Investing in other people's businesses, in my own business, investing in real estate. Those are whole high quality wealth items. Low quality wealth items are what some people may call liabilities. So liabilities take money out of your pocket. So if I was choosing to use my credit card borrow 500 on there with our interest rate of 25% that I'm paying to go buy myself an umbrella. I don't know why I'm thinking umbrella, but <laughs> that may not be high quality wealth item. Doesn't it mean I shouldn't do it. Doesn't mean I shouldn't do it, but I come into it with intentionality, looking at the risk and benefit, like anything else that we do. Risks, benefit, what value am I getting? Am I happy to pay this fee of 25% on this thing, right? I'll give you another example of the way that I use debt. I think that was about a year or two ago. This is when I came up for partnership at my clinical job. And so in order to be a partner, I had to put money down to invest. And historically it's gotten at least about 10% return every year in the past. Mm-hmm. And we know that things can go up or down, but when we look at 30 year history and we see that it's been consistent, there's a very good chance that it's gonna be consistent, but risk benefit assessment. Again, average
0: out. Yeah,
1: right. Average out.
0: So I
1: had the option of using my cash to pay for the partnership or getting a low interest debt from them. That was like 2%. Mm -hmm. So think about it. Let's assume it was $50,000 was the investment. It's not, but let's assume that. Now I can take that $50,000 that I have already saved and give it to them. Or I can use that $50,000 to invest in another high quality Wealth item, like real estate, which is what I actually chose to do, that gets me money, a return on my investment, and now I can take their money with the interest that they're charging me, which is about 2%, and make 10%. Yeah. So essentially, their money is working for me. Because I'm essentially getting eight percent on money that was never even mine. That's what you call leverage. While I'm using money that I have saved. If I took the fifty thousand and I spent it on a vacation, you know, you could say that may be a low quality, world high time, Even though you know we should still take a vacation, right? But you yeah. get to evaluate using your brain that you've trained in terms of your money mindset and make the decisions that are actually going to serve you well now and in the future, not one or the other. Yeah. I love it.
0: What I also like about this, like the freedom you have, like in that decision to take on debt or whatever, like you actually made lots of money off of that and will continue to. And it sounds luxurious to me and fun versus other people I know that are so tight with their money. And like, it's so time consuming to do the things that they want to do because of the tightness, right? Like I'm thinking of like airfare and like flying on some of these budget airlines to save $20, but it takes you an extra 24 hours to get home. Like what is your time?
1: And you're praying the entire flight that you land at your destination and you don't run out of gas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like the scarcity there or like the cheapness of it there's cheap and there's saving money or there's value. I don't know. I don't know how to quite say it, but it's like, you are able to look at that and create so much out of it because you have a calm brain, because you have a brain that doesn't think that it's a problem to take on debt. And you're like, how can I use this in my favor? Like it's so badass. And people can do that at any level of income, wherever they're at. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: About two years ago, my youngest sisters got married. Mm-hmm. And so we had family from all over. We had family from Nigeria, from Europe, from all over the United States come in. And they were all going to be here for a while. And I said, okay, what can we do that could be fun? And we live in Sacramento. So I said, maybe we could a quick trip to vegas so i went online to buy tickets for about 20 of us to go to vegas and we rented out this crazy huge airbnb that still had space that's amazing it's like crazy crazy amazing you know and this is where this comes into play right the lack of judgment or the lack of being judgmental not lack of like not being judgmental and not putting things into good or bad because that can restrict us a lot and I looked at the prices of the flights and could I afford to pay 200 and something dollars per person? Yes, we could. Right. But when you think value-based spending and when you're not afraid to look at things, we ended up going with a cheap airline, frontier airline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so cheap. It was like, I don't know, 30 bucks or something ridiculous. It's like something 50 bucks each way. And we just had to learn the rules So it wasn't about like saving 20, I mean, times 20, definitely that did add up. But again, it's that ability to trust yourself and be liquid in terms of fluid, in terms of how you make those decisions. And we had such a great time. I told everybody the rules, we're going for two days. You don't need to pack a bunch of stuff. We had a great time.
0: That's amazing. And you paid for all of the airfare. Yeah, we had so much fun. That's so cool. And what a good example of like what you can do with your money, like, and how fun it can be. And yeah, like maybe you don't fly everybody first class. You fly Frontier. Like I would go, I'd be like, not mad. (laughs) Yeah, so much fun Heather,
1: And that was two years ago. That was right Mm pre-pandemic. That was the last time my parents, well, used to live in Nigeria. That was the last time my dad was here in the U.S. before he died. So that was worth everything.
0: Yeah. Everything. Oh my gosh, how special. Yeah. And you never know, right? Yeah, oh, that's really special. Invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about you,
1: but also not about you because scarcity mindset. People think that oh, if I answer this question or if I avoid this decision, then my scarcity mindset will let me be. No, scarcity mindset is just gonna find a different place to to pop up. Right? Yeah. If I didn't do this work of investing in myself, of doing this work of learning about money. Doing my financial education and you know, doing the things that ended up putting me in a place that I'm in right now, that would not have happened two years ago. And it's about you, it's about me, but it really is bigger than all of us. It's about us being in a place where we can do our part in this world with the gifts that we've been given. And that gift could be our skill set in the work that we get to do as therapists, as physicians, as coaches, as humans right? It's about making the choice to be a stay-at-home mom that works part-time if you want to, right? So it's about much more than you. So I love you. And my people know that I call myself out and you out, but let's get our head out of our butthole. It's not all about us.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Do you have anything you want people to take away from this or anything else you want to add before we wrap up today?
1: So I kind of feel like I said the good wrap up point, which is it's about you, but it's not about you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's not about you. Like you're part of a bigger picture here. You're part of a bigger story here, right? So when it comes to whether you need to have money, it's about you, but it's not about you. Have money already. When it comes to, should I invest? Should I learn my finances? Should I look at my minimum viable expenses? Should I build an emergency fund? Should I invest in high quality world items? It's about you but it's also not about you. And I think for a lot of people that are givers, it helps us to remember that so that we can really continue to build the great things that we can build in the world and not feel like we have to sacrifice our finances, our wellness and our own personal growth. So
0: that's what I have to say. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here today. And for everyone else that's listening, how could people find you if they wanna know more about you? Absolutely. The two best ways to find me is one is you can go to my podcast,
1: which is the Money Fit MD podcast is where I grab a mic, dump my brain. And I've been told that dumping my brain helps other brains get better when it comes to money. So go there and sharpen your own brain so you can pass it on to the person next to you. And also you can go to my website. I run a money coaching community. It's the best community that I wish I had six years ago. It's specifically for women physicians. So if you go on my website, it's moneyfitmd.com forward slash (laughs) M (laughs) S B money, Sam burrito. Maybe I'm hungry.
0: She's not an air traffic controller. (laughs) Money Sam Burrito. Oh, oh, money San Burrito.
1: But yes, contact me and I'd love to see how I can be of help as you continue to build your wealth.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for being here. And I can't wait to chat with you again because every time I speak with you, I end up making more money or understanding how to build wealth in a different way. And I'm so thankful for knowing you.
1: Oh, thank you. Love you too. And I'll talk to you
0: soon. Sounds good. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week on another episode of the MFR coaches podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR coaches podcast. Check out my book, the MFR coaches guide to having your own myofascial release business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.